welcome again people who are listening to this part of the Faith Alive series and today we are going to do the second teaching on the Holy Spirit talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit. So this teaching is also connected and comes straight after the message that we did on the doctrine of baptisms and we talked about how there are three different baptisms in the Bible. One of them was John's baptism, John the Baptist's baptism of repentance. Second one is Christian baptism or immersion in water. And the third one is the filling with the Holy Spirit. And that's the one that we're going to talk about today. So when we talked about who is the Holy Spirit, we talked about the fact that he is a person, a person of the Godhead. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are the closest community ever. They are in a mysterious way, three in one. So the Holy Spirit is talked about in the Bible as the comforter and the guide, as our advocate who intercedes with us as the true author of scripture and the one who administers all God's treasures, including the gifts he gives us, which are often called the gifts of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the word to fill, it's the word, we talked about the fact it's the word baptizo in Greek, which means to immerse. So when we're talking about any of these things it's not just a sprinkling in any way it's being fully drenched whether you go down in the water like in christian baptism and are totally soaked buried in the water and come up again rejoicing in the newness of life in jesus or whether in this time baptism of the holy spirit that the holy spirit comes down over people who are seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit and it's like standing under a waterfall and being totally drenched by the Holy Spirit. Now a good thing to note is that Jesus is the one who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He baptizes in or with the Holy Spirit. So we can find this in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 5. So let's just turn there. This is Jesus' promise as he was about to return to heaven after his work on the cross to, for our salvation was finished. So we look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, that's Jesus, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, We want to know that the things we believe are truly from the Bible. It's really important for us to be able to know they're in the Bible. Jesus said in Matthew 3, 11, oh, John said it, sorry, about Jesus. I baptize you with water for repentance, 
But after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, and that's talking about Jesus, will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist identified that Jesus would bring with him a different kind of baptism. Okay, so we're looking at what happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, there were Jesus had told the disciples to wait for this power coming from on high. They waited, and we find in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit came and filled the people who were waiting. It was uh, a, the, really the day of the birth of the church. It was a landmark day. Jesus had just returned to heaven, and as he went, he sent the Holy Spirit so that people who love Jesus will not be like orphans with no one to look after them, but instead of Jesus being there and being uh, limited by his physical body, um, he was sending the Holy Spirit who had the ability to be anywhere and everywhere at one time. And that's the power of the, our Holy Spirit. So if you need the Holy Spirit and he's ministering to you and working with you, that doesn't mean that I can't have the Holy Spirit right with me, helping me in the things that I need help with and being present in my life. He is able to be present in all people who um, who love Jesus and who have asked for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so um, the, we look at Acts 2. We'll look at Acts 2, uh, uh, just read the first little bit of Acts 2 to see what actually happened. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together, that's the disciples, were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Now how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And there was all kinds of people from all kinds of different parts of Asia listed here who heard this. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? And so Simon Peter stood up and began to explain that this was prophesied in the Old Testament. Um, and God had said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And he went on to talk about what that looked like. Okay, so... We can just read in Paul's writings uh, what he, how he described the Holy Spirit in other ways. So if we go to 2 Corinthians 1, 
verse 21 and 22. Let's turn to that. He says, Now it is God who makes both us and you to stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. That's God the Father set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And we have similar verses in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. It says this, and you who were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So there's some important things that we can take from this. God put his seal of ownership on us. It's like a deposit. Like we put a deposit on a house saying this is mine. No one else is going to have this house. Um, and my deposit guarantees that I'm buying it. So God does the same with us. He puts a down payment on us setting us apart for himself after that you're not available for anyone else that's his guarantee that he's coming back to get us and we'll be with him forever and god also talks here paul talks here about it being a seal we already belong to christ but this is the seal the public identification with him so um, these are really important things for us to get, that the Holy Spirit is very important in our salvation. And not just as he was breathed on us at our new birth when we believed in Jesus, but he wants to be more than that. He wants to come and immerse us in the Spirit. And there is a public identification with him in that Many, many times in Scripture, usually in Scripture, the visible sign is the speaking in other tongues. Now, um, it's not a secret. This is something that shows publicly that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't always happen, but it's generally a sign. And a good idea is, um, can I suggest to you, you read through Acts. Read through, look at when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened, how did it happen, what were the results. It's a really exciting book to read through and you get such a wide picture of the Holy Spirit's work there. Really, Acts should be called um, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing book there. Okay, so we see that the filling of the Holy Spirit is the Father's gift to us as believers. Let's look at Luke 11. Luke chapter 11. Verse 11. 
Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Which of, this is Jesus speaking, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Father's gift, and when you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the right thing, not a counterfeit. Now, some people say, oh man, uh, speaking in tongues, oh, there's really weird things that happen in different religions, and I don't know what to believe. But I want to say to you that there's only a counterfeit if there's something real and incredibly valuable that the devil wants to discredit so that people won't uh, pick it up and use it in their lives. And so, yes, there are counterfeits, but, you know, there are counterfeits of money, but we use money because most money is the real thing and it helps us in our lives. Uh, there are counterfeits of these Things like the speaking in other tongues, but the real thing is just truly amazing. And we'll talk about it more a little bit later. So what we see is that in Acts 2, the apostles received this gift. And the disciples that they made also received this gift. And also they received the gift of the speaking in tongues. So they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the gift of tongues. We see it in Acts 10, in Cornelius' house, Peter preached. There was salvation in that house. They were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. We see it in Acts 19, where a disciple called Apostle uh, Apollos uh, had disciples who he made who believed in Jesus, but they didn't have any knowledge of the Holy Spirit, so Paul came and instructed them better and laid hands on them and they also received the filling of the Holy Spirit. So it was like they just needed more than they had. They had become believers, but they were ignorant of what extra they could have. And so in Acts, they sort of go together. You repent, you believe, you're baptized, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. Then that gives you the boldness. So this is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It happens once and then because we leak, we just keep need needing to go back to the Lord and say, fill me again. Fill me more so I can overflow with your boldness and power for my life. So in the New Testament, we see that the way that people received the Holy Spirit, well, there were two different ways. One of the times, and we read in, with the house of Cornelius, um, Peter was speaking, they believed and the Holy Spirit knew they'd believed in their hearts and he came on them without anybody laying hands on them and they began to speak in different languages. Now that was just an amazing example to Peter who hadn't understood that the gospel would not just be for the Jewish people but also 
for all those who weren't Jews as well. But we also see that uh, in Acts chapter 6, with some believers, that it came through the laying on of hands of people who were already filled with the Holy Spirit. So it can be either, that's not so much the important thing. You know, people say, well, why be filled with the Holy Spirit? When we're saved, we get the breath of the Spirit of new life, but there's more power available to us. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And you know, it's really difficult for us naturally to not have the fear of man. But you know, when the Holy Spirit comes on us, he gives us a boldness to get past that, to be his witnesses in the best possible way in our situations. We need that supernatural power in order to be able to testify. We see it all the way through Acts, and I've known it from all kinds of people in my own life in the 2020s, and way back as well. You know, the, the uh, filling of the Holy Spirit also prepares the way for other gifts the Holy Spirit would like to give us, and tongues is just one of them. And all these gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give us are to build up and equip the Church of Jesus for works of service and for witnessing boldly. So, you know, this is just the beginning of our walk with the Lord to open us up to be all that he has meant us to be, which is much more than we could have uh, been on our own. We're not meant to live life just on our own. We're meant to live life interdependently with the Holy Spirit of God. It also brings us unity when we know that we are all baptized in one spirit into one body, no matter what race we are, no matter what country we come from, what class we come from, or anything like that, it's the same Holy Spirit that fills each one of us. And the other thing to remember is the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into freedom. This is a huge area. You know, we have been often bound up in many things in our lives, whether they're sins or weaknesses or just fears, uh, but the Holy Spirit comes to break those fears. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This gives us the ability to be able to stand firm, regardless of what other people think, and to break out of things that the devil has tied us in knots with in the past, in the past before we came to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings freedom and breaks bondages in our lives. We need this wonderful gift, which is the Holy Spirit. You know, some of us were instructed uh, wrongly or just uh, people that we came to the Lord with uh, 
taught us differently and you know when I was brought up as a, a child I was taught that really the filling of the Holy Spirit was not for today um, but I wasn't sure I believed that increasingly I could see this wasn't what the Bible said and when I was prayed for and laid hands on by uh, friends at a church and I was filled with the Holy Spirit it made such a difference to my life whereas I'd been a Christian but I hadn't known about this part of life as a Christian uh, this was such a, a, a line in the sand day in my life and it can be in your life too if you feel like you have been a Christian but you've been lacking in power and perhaps uh, you haven't known what this filling of the Holy Spirit could do in your life. So as the last part, I just want to talk about the benefits of, uh, of speaking in tongues because this is the public, often the public identification of being filled with the Spirit. The gift of, of speaking in other tongues um, is, is just, it's pretty amazing, but it's pretty different from what the world thinks of things. This is where you find that you are able to speak a language you never learnt. Now the Apostle Paul has makes it clear that it could be an angelic language, it could be a language that somebody overseas knows, and I've known some amazing experiences of people who spoke in tongues they'd never learnt and somebody near them understood what they were saying and it was a clear word from the Lord to that person. So this is where it can be a language from on earth, but it could be a different language too. It's a very personal gift so that we can communicate directly to the Lord without the distractions and the complications of our minds. And you know, sometimes we make things very complicated in our minds. Uh, it's hard for us to get clear thoughts on things. And I find now that it's so easy to just pray in a different language, in my tongues language, and know that I can bypass my mind to ask the Lord to help in different situations. It is an amazing help in our prayer life. This is where we can be assured we're praying the will of God. Because if we pray the prayer that's coming straight from the Holy Spirit, well then we can know it's his prayer that he is wanting us to be part of. Romans 8 verse 26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. If we do not know what we ought to pray, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words can't express. So the Spirit knows when we don't know, and He can help us. It also, when we're praying, it refreshes us, and it helps us to persevere in prayer, because we're not having to think with our mind all the time. We can rest as we're praying, and not be struggling for the right words all the time. I find that sometimes I pray in tongues, sometimes I pray in English, and it just is mixed together, and it really helps me to persevere um, in prayer. Another thing is that the gift is entirely in a person's control. I can stop 
and I can start when I decide to. It's not a trance. Um, it's not uh, something spooky. It's like I can choose. I'm going to exercise my gift of tongues because I know this will help me with prayer or with worship or devotion to the Lord. Actually, these days I have spoken in tongues for so long, sometimes I start to speak in tongues and I hardly even made the decision because it is so much part of my life now. The Holy Spirit uses this gift also to build us up in the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 14.4 it says, Anyone who speaks in tongues edifies or builds up themselves. Oh boy, how much we need that when we feel tired and we need refreshing. It also helps us with our ability to worship. Now, you might never have tried this before, but sometimes when the music's there, um, you can sing in tongues. And it just takes you to a beautiful level of resting in the Lord as you're worshipping Him. People who have started to speak in tongues often find that um, its importance in their life grows as they regularly use it. Uh, you know, something that you don't use, um, you don't get so fluent in, but as you practice with speaking in tongues, uh, it, you become more fluent. And sometimes you'll find that um, if you're praying in a real intercessory time um, with some difficult things, that there's a different tongue. You may have more than one tongue for different situations in your life. But the important thing is that this is your gift forever. God won't take it back. He wants you to use it till the day that you go to be with him. We don't want to undervalue it or neglect it because... This is what will take us fully into the destiny that God has for us as his believers. This is a, um, just such a, an awesome thing. In my life, uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit just immediately made such a difference in my life. Um, and I want to encourage you to pursue this. If you've come to the Lord and you're not sure if you have um, had the filling of the Holy Spirit, you know, the Lord says, ask. That's the key thing. Ask. If you're in a church situation, it's easy for you to go up and ask one of the leaders if they will just pray for you for this gift, and they would be more than delighted to pray for you. And if you're wanting to have the gift of tongues as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, don't forget these important things. Make sure your heart's clean. Say to the Lord, I repent of anything that would stop me, would hinder me from being open to this. Be hungry about it. Ask Jesus and then yield to him. And you know, there's a really important thing when you start to worship him and look for this gift. Don't forget to open your mouth because it's really hard to have the gift of tongues if your mouth isn't making a sound. So when you start to worship the Lord, open your mouth and start to glorify him. And many times the gift of tongues will come at that stage. So let's pray because... Um, I just want you to grab hold of this amazing gift that God gives us to be all that he wants us to be. Father, we love you. We thank you that you sent Jesus. And then 
when Jesus came back to heaven, you sent the Holy Spirit. And that he is the one who is with us always now and will never leave us or forsake us. How awesome that is. And Lord, I pray for those who've been listening to this message that you will encourage them and that you will listen to their prayer for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right now we just, in Jesus' name, pray for each one for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, come upon those who are seeking right now, we pray. Help them, Lord, to be able to open their mouths and begin to worship you in another tongue and to be absolutely filled so they have the boldness to be witnesses for you every day of their lives from now on, that they will have the joy, they will have the peace that is yours and that you want to bring them. And we bless each person in Jesus' name. Amen.